Hello, hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Extremely Awesome Podcast. I am your host, Matt. Joining with me today, Thunder, how you doing, my man? I'm doing all right. How about yourself? Doing good, doing good. Uh, normally, he's sitting like right, like right next to me, but... Uh, we like, we decided to uh, not do it this week. Um, you know, uh, hang out this week, and we're just going to be waiting till Saturday. But we're still doing the podcast, obviously. So, how like how was your past couple of days, my man? Oh uh, well, I helped clean up a little bit and kind of just chilled. I decided I'm going to start recording some PS2 games and. I've got, uh, I think, one episode of uh, Spider-Man versus Friend or Foe up on my YouTube channel. And as I speak right now, because it's been working all day, I have my uh, Stray coming up. I don't know when that'll be uploaded. It's still working. Okay, okay. Um, Yeah, I I wanted to uh, tell you that I have... uh, PC-matic now. You know what that is? Thunder, did we lose you? Can you hear me? Thunder? Hey, man, can you hear me? Hello. Okay, I I can hear you. Can you hear me? I have yeah. I have no idea what the hell just happened. Yeah, I, I, I don't know either. Yeah, I could hear you, but all of a sudden it was like you just—I was trying to talk to you, but for whatever reason, I lost connection. Ah, uh, yeah, I, I don't I don't know, man, but uh, <clears throat> you know, I mean, I now I'm hearing a little bit of an echo. Mm, shouldn't be. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm not hearing an echo on my side. Okay. Well, anyways, uh, anyways I, got I got PC Matic now. Nice. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I like it. Hell yeah. Yeah, so <laughs> one game I'm, I'm hoping that they... They make a sequel of is um, Detroit Become Human. Oh yeah, yeah. It's uh, have you played it? Nah, I never really cared to. Oh man, it's a good game. I I really enjoyed it. It hey, takes you on a uh, very. It takes uh, it takes you on a very emotional roller coaster. That's for sure. I bet. Some games be like that, though. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so I got uh, some articles to share with you today. Uh, this is from yesterday, I believe. That okay. Sony believes it would take several years for a competitor to rival Game Pass. 
several years. I don't believe that one bit. I don't. Um, I I think I I can go ahead. I mean, it's understandable why they would think that. But I mean, let's be real. It wouldn't be very hard for. But I mean, pretty much right now, Xbox already has that. Yes. I mean, think about it. Xbox has already had that for a long time, so they've already rivaled PlayStation. The only difference is, you know, there's doesn't, as far as I know, the Xboxes doesn't include like Xbox games. And by that, I mean like original Xbox. Yeah, but at the same time that they that that they do have like AAA games like where Sony doesn't really have that at the moment. I mean, and they, it's fair, it is fair to say that Sony just started this. So I mean, it's going yes, to Yeah, I was just about to say that. Yeah. Like and I that's said, why they right? said that they uh That's why they say that it it's going to take several years because they just rolled it out. Yeah. I mean... So, the article says, responding to <clears throat> Brazil's regu- regulatory body, the PS5 manufacturer said Game Pass comprises 60 to 70% of global market share over the last five years. Microsoft <laughs> proposed uh, they, uh Acquire acquisition of Activision Blizzard is currently being vetted for approval by different regulated bodies across the world. Recently, Brazil's regulatory body made all documents for reviews for review process available online, which includes responses from third parties like Sony, Ubisoft, Warner Bros. And more about various topics. On uh, one such topic is Game Pass, Xbox uh, subscription service that has over 25 million subscribers as of January of this year. Sony responds uh, uh, in interesting. It felt that the subscription service were competing with titles that must uh, be purchased for a one-time fee. However, it said the low upfront cost of, of the script, uh, the subscription service may be anti-competitive regarding publishers that require selling titles to recoup investments on titles. It also felt that this could result in a lower quality of games harming consumers as well. While Sony is criticizing Game Pass in particular, it is not a particularly new opinion from the company. Following the announcement of the revamp of PlayStation Plus, Sony's chief financial officer, Haroku Totoki, Commented AAA titles uh, on PS5. If we distribute that on the uh, subscription services, we may shrink the 
or that the that will deteriorate the first party quality with and that is our concern continuing with its response sony said that game pass had captured like approximately 60 to 70 percent of the global market of the subscription for subscription services over the past five years the market share in brazil is reportedly even higher with 70 to 80 percent of PC subscription services and comprise of Game Pass. Sony believes uh, creating a rival to Microsoft subscription service with substantial investments would require several years for a competitor. Sony's uh, first uh, party success has been fairly strong since the PS5 launch, but it clearly views Game Pass as a big threat. It remains to be seen how the service will evolve if the the purchase of Activision Blizzard is approved. But at the very least, Sony is is intent on Call of Duty availability on PlayStation consoles, especially given its unrivaled popularity. I mean, that is true. If you take Call of Duty away from PlayStation gamers and only put it on Xbox, you're going to piss off Activision quite a bit. Because that's half their population gone. Like, more, cross, like they're, more they're, than half. More they're, than they're half because... They're cross-platform. Yeah, more, more, more than half because most people just that play half. COD... It's on. It's on PlayStation. I mean, yes and no. I just said fifty-fifty, just to kind of split the difference between Xbox and PlayStation, or I should say, PlayStation and Microsoft, because PC and Xbox are basically the same thing. Yeah. The only difference is one's a keyboard with a giant tower, and the other one's not. That's the only big difference. One can yeah. run faster, and one, you know, is portable. So, but, so yeah, yeah right. I mean, so like Sony has a point though that that it's going to be a while before them to catch up with uh, Microsoft's uh, Game Pass. So, it, I mean, yeah, but here's how they can catch up: put a bunch of the old. PS2 games on like the one the really good games that people really liked not a bunch of these Battlefront PS2. 2 uh, yeah but that's gonna take some work like some of these games like like that they're gonna take some time and some work and some effort to be able to get those to actually operate on the system yeah can they do it I'm sure they can will they do it mm, that's a whole nother ball game that's another topic of discussion no one's right. we can't say whether or not they're going to do it. I mean, there was thousands and thousands of PS2 games that came out. And oh, to put, oh yeah, put every single PS2 game on would be almost impossible. Well, I'm not saying to put every single one on, but to put on like the biggest, like the big name games or the games that were, you know, I'm talking about Star Wars Battlefront 2. Well, yeah, but like, like that's where I'm getting at. It's like big name games like Battlefront Two, or you know, uh, 
Call of Duty, some of the old Call of Duty games back in uh, PS2. Um, they had uh, like Midnight Club, bring Midnight Club back flat out. Uh, there was a bunch of games that I had. I'm, of course, I'm playing some of them um, on my system, but the ones I have, that's only a tiny fraction of what's out there that they could put. So I I just looked it up. Between Japan, the EU, and North America, just from A through K alone, there are 4,380 games for the PS2. I was right. Thousands and thousands. Didn't know how many. I just knew it was thousands. And... And uh, L through Z, another 4,380. Wow. So, yeah, we're talking about a little under 9,000 games. Almost 10,000 games for PS2. Like I said. I mean, that that doesn't shock me, though, because the PS2 was an uber popular system. It really was. I mean, it was innovative for its time, and it had some damn good games. Yes, agreed. And like I said, it would just take PlayStation way too long to try and implement 9,000 games, especially when 90% of those games probably aren't as big as most people would like. I'm not even... even we'll, We'll say 60%. We'll give it the well, benefit of the doubt. Yeah, I mean, don't like don't put it in like like stuff that is like that would have like a very small market, like Barbie. Oh no, not oh god, no. not a no, lot no, of no, people no, no. would. They would. Uh, they would be playing that. Not oh. not to diss Barbie or anything, no, no, but no, 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 no. Most people are not going to be asking for like oh let's uh, play Barbie on my PS Five for. Like that was on the PS2 days. Like I said, I'm talking. I was talking more like they're gonna try to. They would have to try to figure out which games were popular, the ones that brought in the most amount of money, as far as like, you know, income for the game itself. Which ones did really well? Which ones were really popular? And even maybe some that weren't necessarily really really popular, but they had a good chunk of people who did really like that game. But you can't go and pick like low budget games game. that were just kind of yeah. You just can't pick every single game because, because then I have, I have a catalog of over nine thousand games I have to scroll through to find the one game I want to play. No, I don't so, want to do that. Some of the games that I enjoyed um, would be like Lego, Star Wars, like one and two. Uh, put course. that on there. Um, Put it on uh, Lord of the Rings, Return of the Kings. That was a good game. Um, I would put, uh, if if I was a part of the, of the decision process, I would put that in. Uh, WWE SmackDown versus Raw, Star Wars Battlefront 2. Um, 
I know it's not on the PS2, but put in uh, WWS SmackDown 2, just bring it. Uh, that was on the PlayStation. Um, like put, like bring that in. Um, let's see. Marvel Superhero Squad. Yeah, so I've got a whole shamboodle of games here. I can't specifically say particularly which ones I like and don't like because I pretty much like mostly all of the ones I have. But like to bring back some of the the games games that were really big, Midnight Club. Midnight Club was a big one. Like Midnight Club, uh, the original was on PS2. The original first Midnight Club was on PS2. Midnight Club 3 was the next Midnight Club game I got. That was the Dub Edition remix. And LA. They could bring all of those back. They were really big games. Um, Oh, yeah. Grand Theft Auto, San Andreas. They keep remastering San Andreas. Yeah. Um, let's see what else. Driver. They could bring the driver games back. Those were pretty popular. That was basically like Grand Theft Auto, but different. Double Seven Nightfire. Bring that back. A lot. I have Double Seven. A lot of people like Double Seven Nightfire was uh, another big one. Um, uh, Mercenaries. Mercenaries was a pretty big game. That one was a pretty fun one. You ever played Mercenaries? No. Basically, as the name state, you play as a mercenary, but you get to pick between three different characters that you want to play as. If I'm not mistaken, you get to pick between one of three characters, and then you just kind of run around and and try to balance everything and fight against North Korea, pretty much. It's kind of fun. I think they could bring that one back. Definitely need to bring black, uh, bring black, bring bring back uh, the flat out, flat out one and two. A hundred percent need to bring that back. I know for a fact they need to bring uh, ATV Quad Power Racing Two. That one was a fun one. It was an ATV racing game where you could literally do tricks and kick people off their ATVs while you're riding next to them. Man, I love that game. But another fun one they could bring back is Rampage Total Destruction. For anybody who's ever played the Rampage games, you know what I'm talking about. So, moving on. uh, I do got some other stuff I want to talk to you about. um, And plus, I got got some funny stories today. But, uh, moving on. Video game prompts. Legend of Zelda, Pokemon, and Final Fantasy music will feature in the first ever video game prom. Video so, game prom. Oh my god. The BBC proms is probably one of the most well-known classical music concerts in the world. The eight-week extravaganza. Holy crud, eight weeks? Hold daily concerts for various classical music composers and film scores. 
But in 2022, the proms is making by holding its first ever video game concert. Conducted by Robert Amis, the show starts tonight at 7.30. So what? when is this article? This was today at 8.45 a.m. So Okay, well, it's already started. So in... Uh, tonight at 7.30 p.m. in Royal Albert Hall, some of the games, the uh, gaming most well-known tunes will debut in, uh, at this annual event and hopefully kick off a new trend featuring the medium every year. The prominence of video game music has grown hugely over the past few years. With yeah, franchises like Kirby winning Grammy Awards. Full lineup tonight for tonight's concert was revealed over the weekend, and there are some heavy Nintendo hitters in the mix. Legend of Zelda and Pokemon will, you know, will be featured during the concert, with both franchising like franchises have hundreds of iconic pieces of music. Yeah. We yeah. can't even begin to think what conductor Robert Amis or arrangements arrangers Nick Rain and Cheney's have picked. Zelda gets its own dedication slot for five minutes while Pokemon will be sharing the spotlight with a couple of more unusual picks, but in no way less deserving. Sega's Echo the Dolphin. I played Ooh, that. That game is freaking hard. It was hard. I, I played a little bit of it. I never I'm, beat it, but I played I'm a little gonna, bit. I'm not going to lie. That game was actually classified as one of the hardest games in the world to beat. I I bet I can see why. Square yeah, Enix, I never it. Anyways, Secret continue. of Mana will feature with Game Freaks franchise in a ten-minute tribute piece, and we're eager to see how these three games come together. Square Enix have pre- a pretty hefty, hefty showing at the concert this year, and given many legendary composers who have come from the studio, is no surprise Final Fantasy is making its expected appearance with... Um, I'm not even going to try to uh, say the name because uh, it's going to... I'm going, I know I'm going to butcher it, uh, but his last name is like Fatally from Final Fantasy VIII, showcasing the legendary JRPG composer talent. Kingdom Heart making the music will also feature, and while the listing credits both composers, Yoko, Shimo Mira, and singer Hikaru Utada, the four-minute track, 
that hasn't been revealed. So, l- talking about a lot of different games here. Um, uh-huh. They're even, oh, why? They're even going to be doing one, like, like songs from Battlefield 2042 for 14 minutes. Why? I have no idea. That's what I just said. Why? It's it's a new game. Why would you need to put that in? Well, not only like, not only it's new, but it's also a horrible game. Well, I think it's probably just a horrible game because we're playing against bots and not real people that we might have a chance against. Their no, bots are broken. Yeah, no, the game's buggy. not the game. The game ain't buggy. It's it's the bots are broken. They need to fix their bots. Yeah, still fix the bot. game. I'm giving it the benefit of the doubt because I do still. Uh, I want to play it online. I don't want to play it offline because that's not why I got the game in the first place. Right, right. right. I haven't been able to play online yet because I've so, played it offline. But that's not the point of this. Uh, moving forward. Moving forward. Um, World culture. Ten video game unlockable characters nobody wants. Oh, boy. At number ten, Meat from Mortal Kombat 4. <laughs> Don't know that character. Number nine, Roll, R-O-L-L, from Marvel versus Capcom 2. Roll? What the cat? What? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. What is it? Just a bread roll? Like, I, I, I've uh, never played that one. Anyways. Uh, uh, number eight, the Armed Forces character, Time Splitters series. Uh,. Okay. This one, this one, um, I've actually played. Number seven, Fred Durst from WWF SmackDown Two. Just bring it. Yeah, I never played it. I have, and there's a lot of games I've never played. And um, yeah, I mean, the only reason why they put them in, they put Fred Durst in. Is because at the time he was uh, doing the theme song to the Undertaker's uh, motorcycle theme, "Rolling" by Limp Bizkit. So that's the only reason why they put that uh, like him in. Oh, I yeah. didn't care. I like I liked uh, playing as him occasionally. Right. Now this one I disagree with. Cloud Final Fantasy Tactics. Cloud is like one of the most popular like video game characters of all time from the Final Fantasy series. So I can see why they would want to put that like, bring him back and put him in. Right. But so, I thought you said these were characters that people didn't want. Yes, that's what they said. And and um, that's so the, and now no. I will actually read this one. 
Okay. We need some says, inside explanation because I don't know who it is, anyways. But still, uh, we need some explanation here. Cloud is the is like the uh, main character you play from Final Fantasy Seven. Okay, that makes a little more sense. So it says it actually. I'm actually going to read this verbatim too. Whoa, hold on. Am I reading this right? Nobody wanted to play as Cloud in a Final Fantasy game? Am I trying to incite a riot? Well, hold on and let me explain. Yes, everyone loves Cloud Strike as he is one of the most iconic video game characters ever and have been proven with that with the Final Fantasy 7 remake. He's still got a rabid fan base, but in Final Fantasy Tactics, they kind of like, botched his appearance. The road is un like, the road to unlock Cloud is a long and arduous one, requiring you to grab a pretty flower and a have battled through optional areas with optional characters in your army. Also, it must be at least chapter four before you do any of this. Hours and hours later, with this checklist of choice of chores is done, you'll finally be able to find chase down and recruit. Cloud, amazing. Wait, why is he level one? We're a huge chunk of the way through, and now we find out that his stats are garbage. He gets cut apart like he's made of paper. He and he doesn't even have his iconic blade to begin with. This result is. This results in more fetch quests and dangerous grinding, which will likely see him KO'd. So, in short, while every while everyone wanted to unlock Cloud, nobody wanted to unlock this form of Cloud, giving us a soldier to be proud of, not a babysitting mission with a face. For the record. His leveling is incredible, and and his limit is one of the best specials in the game, but still. So, in other words, they pretty much botched him. Yes. Okay, I can see why nobody wanted to unlock him after unlocking him. If you're going to put a character that you can't even start unlocking until Chapter 4 of the game... And you come to find out he's only a level one. By that point in time, it's useless. You're already a higher level than that. Yes. Yeah, I can see why they'd be a little pissed off. Yeah, I I can see that too. Okay, now we're in the top five. All right. Number five, Metallic Kart Racers. Mario Kart 8. Now I play Mario Kart 8 and then yeah I can see why that nobody wanted to. They're like, oh boy, we get to drive around with 
silver versions of of our favorite characters. Oh boy. <laughs> yeah, because that's uh that's real real and uh what I'm looking for? Appealing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like they they put them all in silver, forgot to add color, and was like, oh shoot. Uh, just, just, uh, just, just release it. Just, we'll just, we'll just call it something else. We'll, we'll call it metallic. People will love it. Oh yeah, it'll be great. It'll be number one selling game ever. Everybody's <laughs> silver. Number four combo. Just set radio future. Never played that one, so I'm I've gonna have to take the word for it. Never heard of it. Neither have I. But we're gonna have to take your word for it. Wall culture. Yeah. We'll take uh, number three, uh, William Borden, Urban Rain. Hmm. Never heard of that one. Can't either. say I've heard of that one either. Number two, Doctor like, Boskanovich, Tekken 3. Yeah, Have you ever never, played Tekken? I've heard of it, but I've never actually played any of the Tekken games. Number one, Face Goku, Dragon Ball Fighters. Hmm. Okay. Never played those either. I've pretty much never played any of the games on this list. Yeah. Um, moving on. <laughs> Sounds like a deal. <laughs> Uh, games that mop you, mop you. In other words, yeah. take you to take you to town and back, and throw and, you out like a piece of trash. Games that mock, that, that mock you for paying attention. Number ten, the end, the end credits uh, tell you to go outside. Sly Cooper Two, Band of Thieves. <laughs> uh, I love when video games mock you. Uh, number nine, the Terminator fake DLC roster, Mortal Kombat 11. Okay, I have that game, but I don't know if I have the DLC for that. I don't remember if I ever got it. I think I bought the base game, so I may not have any of the DLCs for it. Number eight, a pointless exercise. We love you, Katamari. Uh, have you have you played that one? Katamari? Yeah, we love you, Katamari. I've never even heard of it. Number seven, the Loudon. Let's see, Lodo Narrative Distillance Trophy, Uncharted 4, A Thief's End. Now, I've actually played that game and and uh, be, and beat it, but it's been a minute, so I'm going to read this one. Uncharted Go 4 features it. a rather bizarre trophy. That you'd only understand if you had in the immediate knowledge of the critical reception to the previous games of the series. 
if you manage to kill 1,000 enemies during your playthrough, you will receive the trophy. Oh. Then to the lay person, this may like, seem like a mere word soup, but it's a, a critical term used to describe a philosophical I can't pronounce Philo- that word. Clash. Philo- it's philosophical. Yes, that that word. Clash between the the game story and gameplay. Uncharted has been routinely criticized for its its supposed ludo narrative dissonance, where Nathan Drake is presented as a charming. Indiana Jones esque protagonist, while gameplay dictates that he's more merciless, like slaughtered hundreds of people. Though the team at Naughty Dog, I almost said Nerdy Dog. (laughs) Team at Nerdy Dog. The Nerdy Dude. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) They might as well be nerdy. (laughs) The white and nerdy. Have routinely rejected this criticism that they nevertheless include the trophy in in Uncharted Four as a cute acknowledgement, generally ribbing those who buy in the theory. And what was this trophy called again? I lost lost uh, the train of thought. Ludo narrative display. Dissidents. Oh, okay. Uh, I guess that makes sense. Okay, moving on. <laughs> yes, moving on. Number six um, from a game called The Witness, which I've never played. The Me secret neither. ending that makes fun of gamers. Oh, boy. Well, I've never played it, and you've never played it, so we're just probably yeah. going to have to take their word for it. Yes, number five, A View of the Valley. Assure as a rat. Never uh, even heard of that one either. Same, same. Never heard of it. Now, I'm pretty sure you never heard of this game at number four, Crash Bandicoot. Oh, God, no. No, I don't even know what that game is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. Hey, I like Crash Bandicoot. Yeah. Like, like, but I, like, in, in Crash Bandicoot, um, they actually say, nearly perfect, but you died. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, that game... Geez. Thanks, game. Thanks, point out the ob- Point out the obvious. <laughs> sure. Nearly perfect, but you died. Yeah. Just add insult to injury, why don't we? <laughs> yes. Yes. Thanks. Uh, number three, <laughs> Chloe's post-credit assessment. They Detroit uh, become human. Oh, you probably would know about that one. I don't. Yeah. Um, basically, uh, there's an, there's an android that, um, 
named Chloe that you eventually meet in the game, but she like she's on like the the main screen and and um you know like while you're like booting up the game and stuff and and that she they and it's pretty cool because she will ask you like questions and stuff. Right. You know, and, and and stuff like, um, uh, what what was one of them? Do you believe that humans and androids could fall in love and be married? I, and uh, I mean, to answer that question, that depends. I mean, if they look more or less human-esque, possibly. I don't know how how the you know baby making process would work with that, but you know, I mean, if that's what they want, sure. <laughs> um, you know, that was like one of the questions. Um, and they and and um. And there was like, and it's pretty cool because the way that they did it was like amazing. Where like, if you allow uh, Kara and Alice to die, Chloe will be pissed at you once like you like reboot up the game. Oh, and, and and um and then she. And then she like, would ask you if she could join like the Android like revolution, and and you can say, and then you can like choose to let her go or not. And if you don't, like her her memory like will be erased and go back from like the the very beginning. Mm, okay. It, like, so moving on, number two. There's a hidden Rick Roll, World War Z. A lot I've of these played games... that game. I've never seen this Rick Roll. What the hell? Well, Tell me about I'll, read, I'll read you about it. Yeah, read uh, me about it. <laughs> last year, World War Z game featured a completely ridiculous Easter egg hidden in plain sight. And... One that only the most eagle-eyed player have even a chance of noticing. One of the game's bulletin boards features a piece of paper with a QR code on it, inviting a, the few who actually noticed it to open up with their phones. Anyone expecting the QR the, the code for a free DLC or something? Must have been like supremely disappointed then when the mind boggling attentiveness was rewarded with a Rick roll. <laughs> uh, the link of Rick Astley's hit Never, never Gonna, gonna Give you, you up. up, Never Gonna Let You Down. Yeah, I know exactly what a Rick roll is. <laughs> oh man, it's funny because I've never seen that. It's on a bulletin board, but it does it does it say where specifically, or does it just say it was on a bulletin board? 
It was on a bulletin board. That's all it says. It doesn't it specifically say tons of biscuits. They could have at least told me where it was so I could go and look. <laughs> I want to see it. So then, I could make a, then I could make a video on it. Right? Poo. Anyways, the moving on. Questions your heroes and their heroism. Spec up the line. Spec up the line. <gasps> oh, excuse me. I've never heard of that one. Neither, neither have I. Sounds interesting. All right. Um, now, funny stories. All right. Lay it on us. What you got? I thought this was pretty interesting. Bear breaks into California home to feast on donuts. In their kitchen. <laughs> That's all he broke in for was a donut? Shit, if I'd have known that, I'd just left him on the front porch. <clears throat> Come into my house uninvited. A, vid- a video of a mother bear and cub that broke into her house and feast on donuts from, like, ki- like from a kitchen counter. Must have been honey glazed. <laughs> Must have been Yogi and Boo Boo. Hey, <laughs> Boo Boo, it's time to go get a donut. <laughs> Alice Taylor said that said she was in her, was at her Mana like Monrovia home. Monrovia. She home? was at a at a different home. When she shared a like, like she heard a noise that. Turned out to be a mother bear and her cub that had broken into her house by removing a window screen. Taylor said that the bear ate a box of donuts that had been left on the kitchen counter. (laughs) The homeowner said she made some loud noises and the bear... They threw. They left through the same now, like screenless window. Taylor said, "It was the second time that the bear has come into her home." Well, maybe now it's time to start putting up some iron bars across your windows. (laughs) Set yourself up in a prison. Department of Natural Natural Resources shared. Photos last month, like when a bear broke into a vacation home near Krivitz while the while a family was inside. The family closed themselves in into uh, other rooms and common and a, a conversation officer they was able to coax the bear out of the home. Jeez. <laughs> Imagine. Hey man, I mean, like the bear, like the bear guy can have some honey glazed donuts, I guess. I. Hey, look, he broke into the house twice. You obviously have something it wants. <laughs> you leave, you leave donuts out there, and Yogi and Boo Boo are gonna come take it. 
Uh, another, uh, keeping the theme here, uh, another uh, bear story. Oh, boy. Now we got Yogi. This time it's in North Carolina. Oh, okay. North Carolina. Woman uses a teacher voice to chase bear away from North Carolina deck. A woman who found a bear climbing on the back deck uh, in her North Carolina vacation home. Again, another vacation home. (laughs) Boy, it must be nice. Can't even afford a regular home. Right? Jeez. Teacher voice. I use use her teacher voice to chase chase the animal away. Now, I actually seen this video. And it was hilarious. Where the bear was climbing up, literally walking on like the handrail of like the deck. Of like like, that where you would... uh, like without it, you would fall to your death. Yeah, like, it's just walking right. along, and then the woman is just like shouting, "Get! What are you doing? Get out of here! Get!" And the bear just slowly climbs away, and then you see like the video of the bear like on the ground, like you know with its head down, walking in shame. Like, geez, lady, I'm just a bear. I'm just a bear. I'm just a bear. Hey, wouldn't you, if you saw a bear coming up on your territory, wouldn't you try to get the damn thing away? No, I would, uh, like, I would not even, like, open up the door. I would have, like, called Animal Patrol and let them deal with it. That's their job. All right, trying to break out the elephant tranquilizer. (laughs) Because the opposite of that thing could have happened. The bear could have, like, saw her. And mother to death, just the same. Bears can now, be dangerous. Now, what kind of bear is it? Because if it's a black bear, they're going to be way more scared of you than you are of them. It, it was if, a black if, bear. Okay, well, that makes sense. If it's a black bear, typically you can scare the black bears off. If it's a, a grizzly bear, yeah, I would turn and go the other direction very quickly. So... They continue on. Uh, Debbie uh, Tomlinson used her teacher voice. Uh, used to be a teacher in Greenville County, South Carolina. Oh, okay. And she was at her South Carolina. Her Sapphire, North Carolina condominium, when her husband this? alerted her to a bear climbing on the back deck. The Tomlinson video of the encounter, which she posted on YouTube, shows her talking to the bear through the window, telling it to leave. What do you do? Like, What do you think you are doing on my porch? You get. Get up, go, go. How dare you? And those were exact words, too. How dare you? She says she used to be like she used her teacher voice to show the bears she meant business. The hell is a teacher voice? Teachers talk it, too, you know. 
Just because you got teacher in the title doesn't mean your voice is different. No, but they do talk a, a little bit different. Like, like they are like a little bit more like, like you know, uh, like they can be a little bit more stern when they're well, yeah, they trying when you to got rowdy it. people. You're trying to deal with yeah. a rowdy class of twenty plus kids. Yeah, it's like you know they. So it, it says it, and they. She said it works every time. I wasn't afraid. I just didn't want to lose my theaters. It was very exciting. So uh-huh. she actually enjoyed it. <laughs> she was getting a kick out of it. <laughs> you psychopath. All right, last story. Okay. Apparently, um, farting cows are not just um, like, a, like on the hit list for, like for the Green New Deal types, and now it, like we gotta add in New Zealand, burping sheep. Okay, I thought farting cows was bad, but burping sheep. Look, <laughs> yeah. next next thing you're gonna tell me is that people aren't allowed to burp a fart anymore. New Zealand has released a draft plan to. <laughs> they even putting a bounty on this. New Zealand has released wow. a draft plan to put a price on agriculture emissions in a bid to tackle one of the country's biggest, uh, like sources of greenhouse uh, gases: belching sheep and cattle. Okay, so basically a basic animal and human function to get gas out of your system is to either fart or burp. So now it's illegal for cows to fart and sheep to burp. Yeah. Right. right. So that's what's causing all the pollution, not the industries. Yeah. Apparently. The proposal would make New Zealand a large Agriculture exporter, the first country to have farmers pay for emissions from livestock, the Ministry for Environment said. New Zealand like home like, to is home to five million people. About ten minutes like ten minute ten million cattle. Ten minutes of cattle. One, like 26 million sheep, nearly half its in total greenhouse gas emissions come from agricultural, mainly methane. But agricultural emissions have previously been exempt from the county's emissions trading scheme, drawing criticism of the government commitment to stop global warming. Using the draft plan to put together the by the government and farming community representatives, farms farmers will have to pay for their gas emissions from twenty twenty five. Good oh. lord. Oh my god. 
Short That's... and long-lived farm gas will be priced separately, although a single measure to like, calculate their volume will be used. It it's goes okay. on a little bit more, but I can't take any more of this stupidity. <laughs> Thank you. That makes two of us. <laughs> oh, man. My one brain cells over here sizzling. <laughs> so, I gotta like, throw so, it in an uh, ice bath. So, Betsy, you can't fart. And Mary, you gotta get your your lambs in check because tell them to quit uh, They can't burp anymore. Next thing you know, they're gonna be telling you llamas and alpacas aren't allowed to spit anymore because it's gross. <laughs> yeah, tell that to them and they'll spit in your face. <laughs> right. <laughs> so yeah, all the funny stories today is all uh like like animal themed here. I've noticed. <laughs> Very well placed animal themes. Talking about bears like climbing on back eggs, like bears eating donuts. And sheep uh, we burping. Talked, we talked about uh, sheep burping. Like, and this, this has been a very classy podcast, that's for sure. <laughs> yes, because we're very classy people. Mm, yes. Yeah, like clearly, clearly. <laughs> <laughs> classy, my ass. <laughs> oh, man. Well, anyways. Uh, Man, thank you so much for coming on. I will see you tomorrow, my man. All right, man. It was an honor. It was fun. I had a good time. We'll have to we'll have to do this again next week. Well, by next week, I mean, you know, soon because it's coming yeah. up. Yeah, it won't be Saturday. Maybe, maybe Sunday. Maybe Sunday. Yes, Depending maybe Sunday until we get back on the white bike. Yes, yes. Okay. All right, my man. Take care. Stay awesome, All right, everybody. man. Peace out.